0: Hello and welcome to another message of The Latter Rain Ministries, where we are dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As always, we hope that our ministry is helping you to get closer to the Lord by helping you understand better His ways. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to contact us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We would be glad to help. We would also like to make you aware that our English audio messages are now available as podcasts through iTunes. Please look for us in the Apple iTunes store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. We hope this will make it easier for you to stay tuned to our ministry. And now, as part of today's look into God's Word, we'll be going through Proverbs chapter 24. We'll be looking at two aspects in general, that we should not envy evil people and their apparent immediate yet temporary success and the practical day-to-day side of wisdom and how we can apply general wise principles to everyday life. Please join us for a few minutes as we listen in to today's sharing of God's Word. Let's take a moment to pray together, to seek the Lord's direction and understanding in what He wants for us to take in today. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You, O Lord, for Your goodness, O Lord, for Your mercy and Your grace. Blessing and honor and glory be to You, O Lord God, now and always and forever and ever. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray humbly that You please forgive all of my sins and all of my wrongs, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for the salvation, for the forgiveness and the hope, O Lord, that we have through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that you please guide us, that you please speak to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you help us to understand clearly, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, please give us direction and give us understanding, O Lord, in everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 24, and this is what his word says. Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their heart devises violence and their lips talk of troublemaking. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. He who plots to do evil will be called a schemer. The devising of foolishness is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? My son, eat honey because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect, and your hope will not be cut off. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked. For there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given the change. For their calamity will rise suddenly. And who knows the ruin those two can bring? These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. He who says to the wicked, You are righteous, him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. But those who rebuke the wicked will have the light, and a good blessing will come upon them. He who gives a right answer kisses the lips, prepare your outside work, make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterward build your house. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause, for would you deceive with your lips? Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns, its surface was covered with nettles, its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. The first part that we'll be seeing has to do with envying people that are evil. Now, some of you may or may not quite get this going in. I mean, how can anyone envy a person that is evil, right? And well, let's clear this up a little bit more. Evil does not always involve killing someone or doing what society would characterize as terrible or illegal. Evil is basically anything that is sinful. And now if we are honest... Many folks pay attention to those people who do evil things, and many times think to themselves, so-and-so does X, and he or she gets away with it just fine. Or, nothing wrong happens to so-and-so, even though they're doing wrong things. Or, so-and-so seems to be living the good life, and they don't even believe in God. And the different variations can go on and on, but you get the picture, right? The Bible has this passage also, which applies to this very sentiment. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 to 15 says this, Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up, they even tempt God and go free. How did that sound? Does it perhaps sound a little familiar? If we're honest, we sometimes admire or look up to or even envy evil people because they have something we may desire, or that their life seems to be better than ours in some way. Or in some cases, we feel like they've gotten away with things. And here is where Satan tries to tempt most, if not all of us, especially when we try to do things right. Sometimes we may see other people that seem to have it all and they don't work quite as hard or cut corners or are dishonest while we slave away doing our work honestly. Some folks seem to have picture-perfect families with all their loved ones healthy and together and they don't even believe in God or least of all, fear the Lord. We sometimes look at other folks who seem to have the perfect marriage and they're not faithful in any of God's ways. We sometimes see people who seem to have perfect health, and they don't do anything to take care of themselves, actually quite the contrary. They do everything that is not good for their health, yet everything seems just fine for them. The list goes on and on, but I think you get the picture, right? For starters, what can make a person evil? What defines them as that? And again, in order for someone to be considered evil, doesn't mean that they have to go and kill someone or something that is offensive to society. The first and immediate thing that can characterize someone as evil and this will sound harsh is when a person decides to reject God and continues to justify their sin whatever sin there may be. 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 to 10 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So in plain English, God forgives our sins if we confess all of our sins before him. But if we say that we have not sinned, or justify our sin, then we make God a liar. That is the greatest evil anyone can do before God, standing before a holy and righteous God and telling him that he is wrong and making him a liar. There is no greater offense than that. The Bible also explains this in John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So if a person refuses to believe in Jesus Christ, God's wrath abides on him. It doesn't get any worse than that. That is the severity of the matter. So you see, God sees as terrible and unforgivable things that are very different to what society thinks. Yet those things that God sees as unforgivable go unnoticed or not even taken seriously in any kind of way. Even we as so-called Christians take this lightly. Now, do we have to hate people that make God a liar and or refuse to believe in Jesus Christ? No, not really. We are not here to judge. That's not our place. That's God's issue with them personally. And some of those people may not just be ready to listen yet. Hardly anyone obeys and acknowledges the Lord the first go around or at the first attempt. It usually takes very difficult circumstances for a person to come to realize the truth that we are all sinners and that Jesus Christ is the only Lord that can save us from eternal life. We have to remember that maybe even some of us were in that position before coming to Christ ourselves, that we did not want to come to Christ the first time we heard about him. So we should keep that in mind also. What we are taught here is that we cannot admire them or look up to them and certainly not envy them and what they have. How can we envy someone that makes God a liar and that God's wrath abides on him? Doesn't make sense now that we have explained it, right? I hope not. So, what if they seem to have the perfect relationship or the perfect life? What, is it, what if they seem to have the perfect health, money, fame, power, etc.? If they don't repent from their ways, they're going straight to somewhere where no one in their right minds wants to go. There are no parties in hell. There are no VIP lounges in hell. There is no sex, drugs, or any kind of pleasure in hell. It is a place of eternal torment, separated from God and from anything that resembles peace, safety, and goodness. The Bible tells us this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 to 17 For whoever desires to save his life, which means to live life the way that you want to, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So, probably doing the right thing may not always work here on earth, or that simply life may be more challenging for us than for other people who either A, simply just don't believe in God, or B, don't do things according to what God says to get what they need and want. And be careful, because believers can fall into that trap also by doing things wrong rather than trusting in God and applying his principles. That's the temptation Satan sets in front of people, where he will tell you that you will never have what you need if you always try to do what is right. And there are plenty of examples of that all around us. And now, the second and last part. Wisdom is ultimately something practical. Here is what we really need to understand. God made everything. He created heaven and earth and everything in the spirit world, the larger, more complex world we do not see. God created the entire universe. And as the creator of the universe, he established everything. Every single thing works the way it works because he made it that way. He established every single thing in creation. Think about it this way. If you understand that the game of chess, you know that there are different pieces and that every piece moves a certain way and does things a certain way, depending on what they are. Now, think of that, but in a universal scale. God's wisdom is basically an explanation from the Lord himself on how things work and how we need to interact with everything around us so that not only do we gain benefit here now, but more importantly, in eternity. Even in a sin-fallen world, God's wisdom works. That is the wonder of His instruction. Sin makes things not turn out the way they should here and now, both our sin, the sin in people, and the sin in nature. Yet, God's wisdom can still help us navigate through all of that in such a way that an eternal path is still possible through Jesus Christ if we remain true to him and we try to follow as best as we can his ways. And remember that what is right before God could be very different to what we think is right and it is certainly different to what the world system tries to instill in people. That's why we need to really dig into his word. That's why we need to learn as much as possible and apply as much as possible, no matter what stage of your life you're in, no matter when you came to Christ. In what we just read in Proverbs, it says that if we are wise, we can build a house. Not necessarily a physical house, but rather a family where things can be brought into order, where God's principles should be the building blocks for a healthy marriage, for raising children properly, for knowing how to deal with parents, and so on. Knowledge fills the rooms of that house with precious and pleasant riches. And again, not everything has to be material, but rather things that go beyond riches and wealth, things of greater value think about this because most people tend to think about money what good is being wealthy if your marriage is a disaster and your kids are a mess and everyone is sad depressed and miserable including you the house can be made out of gold but it can turn into a golden cage and a cage is still a cage no matter what it's made out of it also says that a wise person is strong And that godly knowledge increases strength. So when you apply God's wisdom into your life, you become mighty. Faith is a part of God's wisdom. And so remember that we can even move mountains if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed. And there are all kinds of mountains around us. Those that the material world nor Satan have any power to move. God can move mountains. And how can he not? He made them by just uttering the words. Wisdom helps us to fight not only battles, but win the ultimate war, the war for your own soul. And finally, if we look at the last part of the chapter, we see that one major principle is taught, that we cannot be lazy. This does not get any more practical. If a person is lazy, sooner or later their life will be destroyed and everything around them will become a disaster as well. If a person's lazy, they will not be able to do anything for the Lord, for starters. They will not be able to build or protect a family that way it needs to be done. They will not succeed at their jobs or careers. Absolutely nothing good comes out of being lazy. This is a universal truth. If a person works hard, like really hard, going beyond their own standard of what they think is hard, I don't care where they are on the planet, and if they put their faith in Christ like the Bible teaches, everything will be just fine. You will succeed. This may not mean that you will be rich financially because the world associates being successful with being rich. God will make you successful in many different ways if you put him first and you work hard. And many times people think that by going from one place to another that that solves their issues, but that's not the case. Don't let yourself be misled by just different things and different ideas thinking that if I do certain things or go certain places that that will make things better. You just got to rely on God and in His truth and in His wisdom. But obviously, you got to work hard. The moral of this is if you put God first in everything in your life and you work hard wherever you are, you will be more than fine. You will be blessed guaranteed. So, just let yourself be guided by God. Do what He tells you to do, because in the end, no one knows more than God. We really need to understand that any kind of evil will get us nothing good. Nothing good comes from doing things wrong. So it just does not make sense to look up to, to admire, or even envy people that have no regard for God, nor for what He teaches us to do, and that we should look to God's wisdom so we can adopt the way of life He teaches us, because His wisdom will help us be better off here, but even more importantly, in eternity. If we are wise and truly understand what the Bible teaches, we will then understand that what we do in life counts towards eternity. And there is no better savings account, if you will, than what goes in God's bank. One last thing to keep in mind is this, as we summarize everything. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7-10 to 10 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And also, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13-14 to 14 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you for your guidance, for your mercy, for your goodness. And again, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the forgiveness and eternal life that we have through Him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand that there are just certain people that we just should not look up to. That we should not admire those things that are done wrong. That we should not envy those things. And that we shouldn't envy those things that they have because they did something wrong. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that that there, there are just certain things we just shouldn't do. And that there are things that we need to do like looking for you, understanding you, understanding your ways. Because you and your ways are the only things that can give us eternal life, that can help us to live in peace while we're here, that can help us, O Lord, to have what we need while we're here. But the most important thing is that we're able to have eternal things through you by applying what you teach us to do. By doing those things that you tell us to do, Lord God. Help us to understand that who we need to admire and who we need to look up to and who we need to seek after is you for everything in our lives. Help us, O Lord, to understand more clearly as each day goes by who you are and what you're able to do, especially what you're able to do in each of our lives when we commit them to you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person listening. I pray that you might bless them, that you might help them to understand that your principles, your ways, are life, eternal life. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org The Ladder Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.